John chapter 4, verses 46 to 53. So Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee, where he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said unto him, Except ye see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The nobleman saith unto him, Sir, come down, ere my child die. Jesus saith unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend. And they said unto him yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was the same hour in the which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth, and himself believed and his whole house. Verse 52 for our text. Then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend or recover. And they said unto him yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. And using that verse of scripture, with the help of the Lord, I would like to preach on the thought of a message this morning that the Lord has begun to deal with our heart about this morning. Seventh hour faith. Reverend Patterson, would you ask, sir, the Lord's blessing long enough that I can get a drink of water? Amen. There's a categorization of the prayer. Amen. God bless you. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for the reading of your word. Father, for each and every one that you have brought here into your house here this morning. Father, we just pray and ask right now that you open our hearts and minds to be open and receptive to your word. God bless pastors. He preaches your word. Give him a fresh unction from on high. Make preaching for him in this morning. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Quite long enough. Amen. So two men were shipwrecked on an island. Upon realizing that they were in the middle of nowhere, they had two very different reactions. One man began building a fire and he began fanning it with some palm leaves to make smoke signals. All the while taking breaks and scratching a big SOS into the sand of the beach. And after a few hours of sweaty work, he began to look at the other man. You know what the other man was doing? Napping. He was under one of the palm trees. He kind of had a palm leaf over his head and some other palm leaves for his pillow. And the first man kind of got frustrated. He said, hey, hey, why aren't you doing anything? And the man took his palm leaf off of his 
face and said, now, I'm a Christian. I just trust God. Put his palm leaf back on his face and continued to snooze. And the other man said, sweat pouring down his face after building the smoke signals. He said, he said I'm a Christian too. I believe God. And I'm still going to do something to get rescued. What's the difference between us both? And so the man laying down with the palm leaf over his face, he picked the palm leaf up again. He said, he said, well, sir, I make a million dollars a year and I faithfully tithe to my church. He said, my pastor going to find me. <laughs> Seventh hour faith. <laughs> Pastor can have the Coast Guard out there and everything else. We were at Publix last night. Publix is a grocery store with high standards, at least in the southeast of America. And why are you explaining that? Because I've looked on where people listen to, to the podcast, and I've, I've read Grenada, Thailand. Uh, these people might not know what Publix is, okay? But they have something called the Publix Promise. And that's where if you find something that's labeled incorrectly or that rings up incorrectly. Have you ever tried this? They give it to you for free. They don't give it to you for the correct price. They just remove all doubt that they're pro-customer and they just give it to you for free. So we were shopping at Publix last night. I had one job, one thing to get, and it caused the problem, right? My wife said, oranges are $2.99. Florida oranges, okay? Can you go get some? <laughs> okay, of course I can. It's easy. So I went and got the wrong thing. I mean, I even looked. It said Florida oranges, four pounds or whatever. And I saw the price, $2.99. Okay. It rang up $4.99. And uh, my wife said, well, it's supposed to be $2.99. And you know what they said? No problem. Go over there, Publix Promise, and uh, the manager was right there, the store manager. He said, you're good. And I said, no, 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 I'm not good. I need to go check back there, and I want to see what the problem is. He said, no, you're good. Just, you're good. Don't, don't, even, don't even go to the back of the store and check. And so we went over to another place, and I told the lady, I said, I can go back and check. I didn't want it to be my fault, right, that I got the wrong thing. And she said something like, you're okay. You're good. And uh, so I walked back there anyway. <laughs> and they gave the money back to my wife. And uh, so the oranges for $2.99 were, I did not get the right oranges. So they were sitting right above the $2.99 sign. Florida oranges, four pound bag. Just to the right were sitting about seven bags of oranges, Florida Naval oranges, four pound bag, no price. So there was no price on the bag, so they would have given me that Publix promise anyway because they were not labeled with any other labeling than that $2.99 that was sitting right there. But kid could have knocked it off or whatever. I didn't knock the price off. Here's the thing. So many times in our lives, we don't want to just take someone's word for it. We want to check it out ourselves before we're going to believe what someone says. And the seventh hour faith is not 
what I exercised at Publix last night. It's not, well, let me just check it out and see how things really are. And then I'll understand that I'm good. Then I will take the blessing. Then I will take the refund. Then I will take the promise. But you see, the Bible says we are giving exceeding great and precious promises. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4, that by these, what? Promises. You know, if someone makes you a promise, you don't have the thing yet, right? You just have the promise. Like I promised my daughter sometimes to take her to Chick-fil-A on Sundays. She gets it now. Chick-fil-A's closed on Sundays. But the promise doesn't mean that you've received it yet. The promise means that someone has given you an expectation of something. And the Bible says that ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust or desire. And then it said, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. So seventh hour faith, we find that the promises, how do I receive the promises of God? Well, by works, by checking the price of oranges, by carving the SOS signal, by fanning the flames, by works. But the Bible says we're not saved by works. The Bible said that men would boast if we were saved by works, but we're saved by grace and we're saved through faith. God wants us to trust his word. So in our Bible text, there was a time when a nobleman had heard about Jesus and the nobleman had a need in his life. The nobleman's son was sick. The Bible said he was sick to the point of death. Now, if you've actually not faced that with the child, that'll get parents to do some amazing things, okay? My daughter, after she was born, she was sick to where she was in the, the NICU, the, what is that, neonatal intensive care unit or something at one of these hospitals. The longer the, the, the title of the hospital, the more expensive it is, right? So there's my daughter. It didn't matter. Just put my daughter in there. Did you have medical coverage? No. I had a daughter that was not very well. She was dehydrated. And the thing about small children, if they get dehydrated right after they're born, they can just fall asleep and not wake up. That can happen to children. So we were in the hospital. Not really anything about that. Uh, this, I've already explained some about that in former uh, times. But So uh, when your daughter or your son is getting ready to die, and you know as a parent when everyone's given up hope, and the doctors have said, I'm sorry, there's nothing else we can do. That's the point of death. So the dad had heard about Jesus and he, he found out that Jesus was not in Capernaum, but he was in Cana of Galilee where he made the water wine. And he heard this from somewhere before Twitter word travels, right? So he set off 15 to 20 miles, whether he was riding a horse or a donkey or a chariot uh, or just walking. But he head off to find Jesus. And the Bible says that when he found Jesus, it said he besought him. Can you imagine him just getting down on his knees? And he said, Jesus, come down and heal my son. And he said, God, you don't, you don't understand. He's not just sick. He doesn't have a fever, uh, just a fever, but he's going to die. He's going to die if you don't do something. Everybody else says, I've gone to the doctors. I've gone to the nurses. I've gone to the faith healers and all these other people, but nothing has happened. And I need you to come right now. See, the first part of seventh hour faith is that little 
spark of faith. You know, that's how faith starts. Some people, they wonder, say, preacher, but I want great faith. But seventh hour faith doesn't start like that. It starts really small. I don't know if you've ever had a, uh, you know, a lighter. I used to carry a Zippo lighter when I was in the military. Didn't smoke, but lighters can do things when you're out in the middle of nowhere. One of the things they can do is start a fire. And that lighters are extremely wonderful to have uh, when you're in a cold place or when you need to start a fire. That, that lighter, and there's a little flint that goes on the Zippo lighter, and I'd take it all apart, and I'd, you'd fill it with lighter fluid. But that little spark, when you ran this little round wheel against this little flint, this little piece, this little uh, uh, piece of uh, uh, metal, it would cause a little spark. And then that lighter fluid, if you had some in there, Woof, it would start a flame. Well, the first part of seventh hour faith is just a little spark. And the Bible said when he came to Jesus, there was that faith. You know, and sometimes, so preacher, but I want great faith. But seventh hour faith and faith in God, we have to be honest. It doesn't always start out as this great fire. It starts out as just like, God, I don't even believe or know how you're going to do this. I don't know that I could receive it right now, but God, I'm trusting in Jesus for something that nobody else can do. And that's really where we start. And when Jesus is lifted up and when we hear the preaching of the cross of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin, you know, that beginning faith, that spark of seventh hour faith, it just makes us pray. You say, wait, wait a second, God, I just need something. I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't understand all of the ramifications, but I believe that Jesus Christ can do something in my life. We might not, you know, it's, it's a beginning. The Bible says this spark of faith. He said, Jesus rebuked him. He said, you know what Jesus said? Unless you see miracles, signs and wonders, you're not going to believe anything. You're not going to trust me. You know that Jesus will test us sometimes. And he could have gotten frustrated. He could have crossed his arms and walked away. But the Bible says that that spark of faith was sure. He said, sir, after being rebuked by Jesus, come down ere, that word means before my child dies. Just come down. And it was a beginning. Now you notice... That spark of faith is powerful, but the spark of faith didn't have a lot of understanding, did it? It told Jesus what he needed to do. You need to come down here. You know that I I had a doctor for many years and he got transferred to a different hospital, but I liked him because he wasn't a pill prescriber. Have you ever gone to the doctor and told him what you needed? Can you prescribe me something for this? And the doctor would check me out and he was not a pill prescribing doctor. What did you want? I just wanted something to make the pain go away. You go to the doctor because you're hurting, right? And I didn't want this. And I said, can you give me some magic pills? Some magic beans like Jack and the Beanstalk. And I want to take them and feel better. And the doctor, because the doctors are doctors because they know how to treat illnesses, right? And he would examine me and he would say, this is what you have going on in your body? There's nothing I can give you for it. I mean, you're just going to have to get better. And he would send me out without any pills, without anything to make me feel better. So a preacher, why? 
Because he was a doctor and he knew what I needed because he knew what the condition was. And Jesus is the same way. Sometimes we come to Jesus, Jesus, you need to go over here, you need to do this. You know what? When you go to the doctor, don't tell the doctor how to treat us. Just talk to the doctor what you need him to do as far as I'm sick. God, do something in my life. I have a need. That's the spark of faith. It has its weaknesses, but it's just the beginning. You know that God respected that. God understands that when people come to him, we might put all of these conditions on God. God, do this and do that. God understands that. But God also knows that the seventh hour of faith, it has to have a beginning. And God respects us coming to God and say, God, even if we say a lot of things that aren't scriptural, God, I'm just trusting you. That's the beginning of seventh hour faith. And God honors faith in him however imperfect it might seem however uh unscriptural in in areas but god said just trust me and this man trusted jesus and so we see this seventh hour faith now what's seventh hour faith seventh hour so at the time they would divide the hours into day and night there'd be 12 hours in the day 12 hours in the night makes sense right that's how our clocks are divided right and so the morning was when the sun came up. That was the first hour, okay? They didn't have Greenwich Mean Time and Zulu Time. They had when the sun came up. That was the first hour. When was that? About 6 a.m. That was the first hour, okay? So the 12th hour, midday, would be what? The sixth hour. So the seventh hour is about 1 p.m. And I say that because it fluctuates a little with the sun going up and the sun going down. The sun goes down, that's the 12th hour of the day. And then you come through the night watches or the night hours. So, uh, but this was around 1 p.m. So he had come to Jesus around 1 p.m. And Jesus, the Bible says, he said, go your way. He said, your son liveth. And the Bible said, and the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken to him. Now his faith is growing a little bit. You ever come to the house of God? There's so many times I come to the house of God and God, the preacher will say something and it might even be unrelated to the message. And it's just like a a promise from the Lord. And the preacher may or may not know what's going on in our lives. But what's more important is God knows what's going on in our lives. And the Bible said that Jesus said, hey, go home. Now, notice how Jesus didn't say, I'm coming with you, which was the man's prerequisite. He said, go home. Your son's alive. He's not dead. He's living right now. Man, what a prophecy. So from a spark of faith, we have something that's growing a little bit. Notice when we respond to the word of God. See, you come and ask God for something. When God responds to you, you get what's called standing faith. That's the second part of the seventh hour of faith. So this all happened at 1 p.m. or the seventh hour. That's what we call the message that. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, in verse 24, For by faith ye stand. Paul was telling the church in Corinth, not that we have dominion over your faith. The preachers are not standing over you with some faith whip trying to get you to do things for God. The Bible said, but our helpers of your joy. You know what faith gives you? Joy. 
Now, notice, this man didn't have happiness. He couldn't FaceTime his son. He couldn't, you know, pull up an apple or a mango or whatever they had. They didn't have FaceTime, okay? So he couldn't just call home. He couldn't make a paper airplane and throw it for 20 miles, right? He was still 15 to 20 miles from home. And Jesus said, you're good. You know, just like the people at Publix. You're good. No, 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 but I want to go check before I believe. You see, but seventh hour faith says, don't go check. Believe God's word. Seventh hour faith said, if God said it, then I just believe it. I remember uh, the other day, uh, my back really hurt, uh, maybe a couple weeks ago. And I remember just laughing, going, I am not hurt. And I was just laughing, but it really hurt. I mean, I could really feel it. It wasn't just sitting on one of my daughter's Legos, okay? And that's, that's evil. You know, when your kids have Legos, those are like, you know, they put them across the floor. A thief, just put them across the front door. The thief will never get far, okay? Stepping on those Legos with bare feet is just like torture, okay? But my back really hurt. But I was just laughing, saying, I'm just not hurt. Why? I just claim healing. So, but, but preacher, were you really hurt? Absolutely, I was hurt. But I was claiming my healing. You see, the Bible says that that healing, that children's bread is just healing. The Bible says by his stripes, we are healed. And I was laughing because it said, back, you can hurt, but I'm healed. Say, preacher, what's what's going on? I'm here today, aren't I? And I'm not in a wheelchair. You know, like that person who is so skeptical of everything that God said. But he went to a healing service and he sat down and he was skeptical. And he looked around and he was so this and that and finding problems with everything that was going on. And so he left the service after the service was done. And his friend, another fellow atheist, said, well, how was the service? He said, ha, I didn't believe it. Now I don't even believe in it more. He said, well, what kind of service did you go to? It was a healing service. He said, well, why were you skeptical of it? He said, I wasn't the only one that didn't believe in it. So who else didn't believe in it? Well, right in the middle of the healing service, this man in the wheelchair, he just got up and walked out. You know that God does amazing things, but a lot of times people will just look at it with the wrong perspective. But you see, the Bible said we're helpers for your joy. The Bible said that man believed the word that Jesus had said unto him. You know what? There's a real opportunity in all of our lives to have this seventh hour faith and just let God's word be God's word. You know that sometimes I'll tell my daughter something and you know what? That's enough. Honey, we're going to go to McDonald's or we're going to do this and she won't pester me. Why? She believed the word that her father had spoken unto her. It's a promise. Even though I haven't seen it yet. You say, well, preacher, how do you know that he believed Jesus? He said he believed him. That's that standing faith. I'm just going to stand. And you know, you're going to get a lot of opportunities. This is the most blessed part of faith, I think is to stand believing that God has done something before you see the results with your own eyes. It's that standing faith. And it's exciting because you're only standing on what God said. Happiness has not come yet. You know what happiness is? It's conditional, right? It's called happenstance. Uh, it's, uh, it's circumstances. Yeah, when the circumstances are good, we're all happy. And that's not wrong. Happiness hasn't come yet. With standing faith. But you know what has come? We're helpers with your joy, the Bible says. That joy of the Lord, which is our strength, it's come. I believe God is going to work out. So how do you know that this man had this faith? The Bible said that he met on the way home his servants. They were coming the opposite way with good news. Have you ever seen someone that comes to you with bad news? You just look in their face. You're like, oh, great. 
You can tell it, right? Like, oh, bad news. But they had that joyfulness. They were probably sweating profusely. And they were meeting him. So the Bible said they had probably come. I don't know how far he got, you know, seven, eight miles. Um, so they met him halfway. How long does it take to go seven or eight miles? We don't know the exact uh, timing of this, but if they headed out right after he was healed, the sun was healed, 1 p.m., so they might have made it most of the way there. But notice what he said. He inquired this man of them the hour when he began to amend, and they said unto him, when? Today. No, they didn't say that. They said, Yesterday. Isn't that something? Yesterday at the seventh hour. Yesterday at 1 p.m. That means that it already was the next day. And maybe even only to go half the distance. So preacher, didn't he run on home? How long does it take to go 15 to 20 miles? If you walk three miles an hour, you could make it there the same day. And you know, if you thought, well, I got to go see my son. But it almost shows us here that the man just chilled out, went to Chick-fil-A, right? He got himself a nap. Why? Because he believed the word that God had spoken to him. I'm going to see the results tomorrow, but I'm tired from my journey here. I can just rest in the Lord. Brethren, that sometimes we need to just trust God's word and take a nap before the thing hits the bank account. Before our car gets fixed. And you know what? You're going to get a lot of chances to have real victory in Jesus before you see the results for yourself. It's seventh hour faith. But you see, it grows from there. And this is one of the great things about being a Christian is that uh, the Bible says the father knew that it was the same hour, the seventh hour, in which Jesus had said unto him, your son lives. And then it said, and himself believed. Now, there was another stage of this faith. It was faith also, but it was a grown kind of completed faith. I call it spreading faith. It was the contagious faith. That means that God has done something in your life. You believed him for it. And then the results came. And you can tell everybody. And I remember, I can imagine him going and telling his family, no, 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 uh, seventh hour at 1 p.m. I prayed, but I was 15 to 20 miles away and Jesus did telemedicine, right? Before phones. Not only did he prescribe the medication, but he sent the healing. He knew where we lived. He knew where my son, he knew what needed to happen. He knew what treatment to give. He doesn't even know my son, but yes, he does. God knows all of us. And the Bible says that... uh, He believed with a fullness. And the Bible said, and his whole house. They began to listen to him and God began to do things. You know, brethren, when you go through something and God comes through on the other side, you can tell it. It's called a testimony. And a lot of times we go through a test, right? But we need to turn that test into a testimony. We need to take that uh, uh, one song that said, it's just another Red Sea that God has brought me through. It's just another giant like the one that David slew. You know, it's just another opportunity for God to give us the victory. And when God gives you the victory, you can go tell someone, yeah, look what Jesus said, but you know what happened? God came through. And I know that things are important in our lives. A sister comes to the piano. I remember when I wanted to get a raise. This is some years ago, right? And so 
I went into my boss's office, right, at the year mark. And I, they would never come to you, so you had to go to them, right? Why? Because it's cheaper to have them have you work for whatever you were working for the last year. So, so I went in there. It's like, it's been a year. What do you, and, I, and I said, hey, sir, it's been a year. And he knew it was on my mind, right? I said, hey, I'd like to make this much an hour. And if any of you are business owners, you know the art of the deal, right? That's a Donald Trump book, The Art of the Deal. So he threw another number. He goes, how about this? And I said, sir, in so many words, I said, you're the boss. I said, you know, the boss can fire you, hire you, say no. He was one of the owners of the company, not some manager. And I said, sir, I said, you can pay me what you want. I said, but this is what I'm asking for. And I just changed, I kept it the same amount. And he said, okay, we'll talk about it or whatever. My next paycheck, the exact amount that I had asked for was on my check. So preacher, why are you sharing that? Because I had to go in there with a little spark saying, you know what? It'd be nice to make a little bit more. And God said, well, why don't you just go ask the boss? Ask the boss. And I did. And then I stood on God's words. He got it laid it on my heart. And I asked the boss, but I was standing on the word of God. Not his response, which was basically, "Ah, maybe. Definitely maybe. Isn't there some song that says, call me maybe? That's what he kind of said. Well, maybe. But you know what? In the next paycheck, it came to fruition. But you see that seventh hour faith and that job is gone and the money's spent, okay? But you can have that testimony. And I'd say the most important part of the seventh hour faith is that faith where you stand on God and his word before the results come out. Because you see, the next time the thing comes around and the need comes around, you know what? Before I even see it, I'm going to trust Jesus. I'm going to act like God has already answered my prayer, even though I can't see it. And with heads bowed and eyes closed, that is seventh hour faith. Let's find a place to pray. Let's trust God. You have a need in your life? Is there a spark there? Say, man, it's a spark. I can start with something. God put that faith in my mouth. There's a miracle in your mouth. Your faith is nigh thee. It's even in your mouth. The Bible said the faith which we preach, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. And believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. God can do something with the spark. Because it can cause us to stand on his word. I'm going to stand on his word. The devil is a liar. He said, you haven't seen it yet, but I will. Because I'm going to stand on his word. Heaven and earth is going to pass away. But God's word will in no wise pass away. And then when I see it brought to fruition, brethren, it's going to spread to someone else in my house, someone else at my job, because I'm going to stand and then it's going to spread because the results are going to speak not only for themselves, but through me to others.
It starts with the spark. It starts with trusting God. It continues to where you can stand on his response, on the word of God. And then it spreads when God answers and you see the results. Others respond to your testimony. Seventh hour faith. Go practice it. It starts with the need and we all have them. And we can grow that to where we stand on God's word. Let someone else be the beneficiary of your answered prayer. At this time, Reverend Patterson, dismiss us. If you would, service this evening at 6 p.m. Come on, be with us. Bible study on Tuesday and a revival coming up in March. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for the preaching of your word. Father, as we go our separate ways this morning, evening, afternoon, we just pray that you go to each and every one of us bring it back into your house again this evening. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Here's our prayer. You are dismissed.